April 15, reading Limitless Love. Love covers a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8. Incredible reading. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your reading of today, your word. Bring it on home, Lord God, that we may be better students of your word, Lord God, to understand and to do and to be good at it, at forgiving, Lord. We thank you in the spot that we're in, that you develop us, you do a workmanship and bringing us up together in unity and keeping us safe through love. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, First Peter 4, 7 and 8, New American Standard, it says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. And sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. Amen. One of the most unloving things we as believers can do is expose and magnify each other's sins. On rare occasion, when someone so stubbornly persists in a sin that he is going to hurt himself or someone else if that sin isn't brought to light, it may be necessary to go to a pastor or church leader so the person can get some help. But in every other case, love covers the sin of a brother or sister. Love magnifies and talks about the good things in people, not the bad. People generally aren't encouraged and edified when we point out their flaws. When we criticize their behavior, even if our desire was not to be mean but to help them, they hardly ever jump up and say, Thank you, brother, for showing me what a jerk I am. That inspires me. I believe I'll be a better person from now on. No, the opposite usually happens. They become disheartened and discouraged instead of focusing on what they are in Christ and the grace of God in them, they walk away thinking what a loser they are, and that perpetuates their weakness instead of delivering them from it. The Lord spoke to Ken years ago, not long after our son, John, had moved out out of our house to live on his own. At the time, John wasn't living for the Lord, and Ken wanted to save him from making the same mistakes he made when he was that age kept talking to him about the things he was doing wrong. One day, the Lord spoke to Ken's heart and said, You know, John thinks you think he's a bad boy. You know, John thinks you think he's a bad boy. Why, Lord? Ken said, I don't think he's a bad boy. He thinks you do because you magnify his sins all the time. Ken immediately made a change. He asked John to forgive him and committed himself from then on, to magnify what was right about him instead of what was wrong. It made a world of difference. If we're going to walk in love, that's what we're all going to have to do. When we see someone make a mistake, we won't make it our business to scold them for what the way they're acting. We'll start praying for them. We'll believe God and make supplication and intercession on their behalf. With compassion and mercy in our hearts, we'll say, Lord, help me to pray for this brother. Multiply your grace to him. Give him the strength he needs to get the victory. 
When we finish praying, we won't say a word to anyone else about it. We'll cover shields and protect that person. We'll magnify his success instead of his failures because that's just the way love is. Amen. Okay, now, April 16, The Key to Success by Ken Copeland. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, 8. Love is the key to success in everything you undertake. When love motivates you, nothing can stop you. It empowers you to overcome opposition. It strengthens you to bear up under difficulty. It keeps you hoping and believing when others are growing discouraged and giving up. Love enables you to endure whatever is necessary and to patiently and faithfully pursue your goal until at last you achieve it. Love can even bring you success in seemingly mundane areas of your life. Say you need to lose weight or simply get back in good physical shape. Surprisingly enough, love will enable you to do it. Most people don't realize that they use selfishness as a motivation. They want to get fit just so they can look good. And though they start out strong, before long, you can find them back on the couch watching infomercials about exercise equipment instead of in the gym working on out on it. They think it's because they lack self-discipline. But the truth is, it's because their self-discipline isn't backed by love. Those people who would have an entirely different experience if they got down on their knees and asked the Lord to help them make a heart adjustment. He would awaken within them the desire to lose weight so they could better bless others. They'll start wanting to be strong and healthy so they could be a role model for their friends and family and an inspiration to them instead of a drain. They'll start thinking about how much they love the Lord and how they desire to please Him. They'll be motivated to take care of their bodies so they could live longer and serve Him more effectively. I've even seen love motivate people to stand in faith for healing even when sickness made them want to give up. They'll think of the pain and difficulty their illness or death would cause their loved ones, and they'll rise up, and they rise up strong in God and say, I don't care how bad I feel. I won't let the devil steal my health. I love my family too much. Galatians 5, 6 tells us that the faith works by love. So when you take the motivation of love and add faith in God's word to it, you have an absolutely unbeatable combination. Faith and love together will wake you up in the morning and motivate you to put on your jogging shoes instead of your bathrobe. Faith and love will help you choose a salad instead of a Sunday. They'll keep you on the fitness track until one day someone will look at you and say, Hey, you look like you lost 20 pounds. How on earth did you do it? You can smile and say, Love never fails. <laughs> what a beautiful article by Kenny Copeland. Or April 16th. Now, April 17th. Back to Gloria Copeland. Limited love, the sweetest thing on earth. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it. Ephesians 5, 24 and 25. When believers get married and truly set their hearts on loving one another, they can create a situation so wonderful. 
It's better than anything else on earth. The only relationship that can compare with it is the one between sweet Jesus and his church. Sadly enough, most Christians know hardly anything about that kind of marriage. That's why the rate of divorce in the church is the same or even higher as the divorce rate in the world. Instead of focusing on how they can give to one another, believers often focus on what they can get from one another instead of praying for God to show them how to meet the other's person needs. They cry out to God and say, Lord, he isn't making me happy. Make him treat me better. Or, Lord, make her stop nagging me all the time. She's driving me crazy. I learned years ago that one of the best things I could do for our marriage was to pray for Ken and ask God to give him the best wife he could possibly have on the face of the earth. Of course, since I didn't want God to have to move out and bring another woman in, I volunteered for the job myself. I said, Lord, make me the kind of wife. Help me know exactly how to encourage him and bless him. One day I hadn't been as sensitive to him as he wanted me to be, and he went into another room and blurted out, Oh, she doesn't care anything about me. I didn't hear him, but the Lord did. He spoke to Ken's heart and said, It's none of your business whether she cares for you or not. Your business is caring for her. Besides that, I love and care for you, so you just betrust your, yourself to me. Ken answered, yes, sir, and he's been a better husband ever since. I've been a better wife, too. We both learned that the more we forget about ourselves and just concentrate on blessing each other, the more wonderful life becomes. I can honestly say the thought of divorce never crossed our minds. Why should it? We have a good thing going. We not only have Jesus, we have a marriage filled with love, and that's the sweetest thing on earth. Amen. Thank you for coming on today's reading. May the Lord bless you and keep you, keep you in love, and magnify his love within you that others can see it. If you're having a hard time getting and falling in love, first start by looking in the mirror in the morning and for 10 minutes saying, I force myself to be in love and I will become loving. I force myself to be in love, and I will become loving. Just say it over and over and get excited and jump up and down and keep saying it to, till something happens. You'll be happy all day long with puncturing the love of God. I love you. Take care.